1: I'm Russell Kane, and this is Boys Don't Cry, the uncomfortable space where I put the metaphorical gun to a man's head and make him talk about the things we wish boys would talk about. Why doesn't my man talk about X? I hear you, hon. You'll hear all these X's discussed including exes which is one of our subjects in previous episodes why why does my boyfriend like my friend's picture on instagram why does he do that i refer you to previous episodes if you want to know the answer to that we force men to talk about the things they just weren't normally conversant about uh, and don't get me wrong it is a space for sensitive issues we go there sometimes we talk about depression sometimes we talk about body dysmorphia but we try to keep the funny in there why because you just can't take anything seriously nick grimshaw a i'm not nick grimshaw And B. It's <laughs> Not because of that. It's because I've noticed running several controlled trials on WhatsApp groups that if you don't throw some funnies in now and again, you will lose men's interest. That might sound incredibly sexist to some of the females listening. I'm just doing what needs to be done to get men to open up. Drop into a girl's WhatsApp group and you will you will see the difference. Am i are going to split up with Danny. Are you OK, babes? You might get a bit of banter, but mostly Prosecco ambulance. Go over to Lauren's house now, sort of head out. It's very different on my WhatsApp group. Oh my God, I've split up with Kelly. Are you okay? Here's some hardcore pornography from Poland. Does that help? Not really, but it is the standard chain of events on a boy's WhatsApp group. So it's this. We're trying to short circuit the male part of the brain that can't open up, can't take anything seriously, always needs banter to express itself. We're throwing that in. To an alchemical mix with serious issues to produce insight. Hence, boys don't cry. And today's guest, Nigel. Ng. I love saying his surname. Am I saying it right, Nigel?
0: Yeah, close enough. Close enough. Oh,
1: Is it Ng, like the end of thing? And that's no, how un, I've been taught un, to un, un, a You in front un. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as in, well, as in Nigel Ng. Well hung. Can we say?
0: Yeah, sure, sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And uh, But it would be really easy for me and Nigel. And normally, of course, we would have two male panellists, but we're recording this during, I don't know if you heard, there was a global um, pandemic. So we're recording it during that. So I only have one male guest to grill. So I will be unusually sharing to form the second man. But it would be so easy, Nigel, for you and I to slip into horrible, offensive generalities about, well, you know what? Women are like, So it's absolutely essential that there is a female auditor on every episode, only speaking from her own personal experience. We don't ask her to speak for all women. We just need someone to go, shut your mouth. You're talking shit. I don't agree, or here's something you should know about what women really think. And that guest today, I'm absolutely thrilled to say, is Arielle Free. Hello.
2: Although I wouldn't say shut your mouth, mouth I'd say wish your pie hole. So yeah, you'll be getting exactly. a Scottish edge of that, um, that statement. But no, I'm, I'm happy to be the female representative um, and I'm really excited to kind of be involved in this conversation because it's not something I'm usually party to, To men being starkly honest, actually.
1: I know. Um, <laughs> so, it, it gets very um, uncomfortable. No, I'm here quickly. for
2: it. I Loves uncomfortable. I should
1: first of all check who's single and who's attached because it does change how people speak. I've discovered the level of freedom with which, particularly the men, are willing to express themselves. So, Nigel, are you attached or are you free? Free.
0: Yes. Are you? Yeah. Used to be attached. Free now. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Playing like an orchestra. (laughs) One week on
1: the heart. One week the trombone. Oh, I wish. Arielle, are you attached to Are you free? You can see I love your surname. I mean, yeah. those two brilliant surnames today.
2: Um, usually I'm free, but at the moment in time, it's complicated. Can I just leave Ooh,
1: that? <laughs> indeed, I like it. Is that your real surname, Ariel Free?
2: Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, German. Um, my mother's, it's German? Yeah, my mother's side of the family were German refugees in the war. So the original surname was Fryer, And when they moved to England, they wanted to have a more English surname. So they changed it to Free.
1: No, they just celebrated as they crossed the border. (laughs) We made it!
2: (laughs) That Um, can be your name then. That's what I've been told. I I mean, I often get these facts modelled up in my head, but that's what I've been told. So yeah, no, and um, it's my Scouse side of my family. So I'm quite uh, proud to fly the Scouse free flag. Wait a minute. So
1: you've got Scouse and Glaswegian in your larynx mixed together. How do you ever get a sentence out?
2: Uh, Never. (laughs) And also my mum then went on to uh, marry an Irishman and it was the first time that the bar that she um, had, her wedding reception at, had um, sold out of alcohol in their eight-year history as a bar. so, we're all angry Fantastic. alcoholic
1: thieves. Hey! <laughs> There's a load of stereotypes defeated. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Nigel, is Eng, does it have a meaning? Does it translate into anything? Does it mean, you know, like Smith, as in to someone who makes uh, metal, or does it have a meaning?
0: Well, the, the Chinese character for it, Ung is a dialect. One of the many dialects of Mandarin is a Hokkien dialect. The Chinese character is Huang. So, I, I'm sure you've met, maybe you've met people who with the surname Huang. Yeah, Yeah. it means the literal meaning is yellow, but it's probably used to describe kings in the old days. But the Mm. literal meaning is yellow. I've only been
1: asking this because the the research, I have asked other panelists this. Uh This will blow your mind and really annoy you because you probably think you're a really creative person with free will. (laughs) But your surname, if it has a literal meaning in a language you speak as a mother tongue or even a second language, can have an influence on what you end up doing for a living. So, for example... In, uh, in dentistry, you will find an unusual amount of people with the surname Bright and White and things like that and clean. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, how mind fuck is that? I love yeah. that. That your surname, if it means something, it has a more than statistical chance of influencing what you do for a living. Hence, I've been to Ibiza 18 times in the last 10 years and my surname's Kane. I mean, that's not a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking have it.
2: <laughs> Apparently, anyway, Ariel means Lioness of God in Hebrew. It's a Hebrew name. So what does that mean? Oh
1: man, you've well, got two it- intimidating names, there, Ariel. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> a lioness that won't be tamed. Yeah,
2: basically, <laughs> I love that. That's going to be in my headstone.
1: Anyway, I would love to talk to you and have a nice, light heart discussion about na- names. Um, but we're going to do a subject now. As always, I try to not um, fulfil my own prophecy by creating false observations. What I mean by that is there might not be gender differences on some of the subjects we talk about. I'm not afraid of going, as we did last week's show, you're talking bollocks there, Russ. It's the same for men as it is for women. So don't feel the need to artificially find gender difference. But I do believe there is a difference this week. And this week's topics are, and I say are because there are two of them related, fears and phobias, which I've thrown in together. Phobias, so definition of terms before we kick off, a phobia would be an almost clinical, visceral, guttural, physical reaction that you cannot control, raising of heartbeat, dilating of pupils. And a fear would be a more general fear that sits in your guts and things that you're scared of in life, but would be able to do without physically vomiting or something like that. Um, Nonetheless, there will be crossovers. So I'm going to kick straight off. With this, it's a controversial question off the frigging bat, and Nigel's the first-time guest, so I'm not going to be as horrible as to get him <laughs> to put his foot on the first landmine. Um, Ariel Free, are women more or less afraid of stuff generally than men?
2: Um, um, your
1: experience, go from the edge of from your oldest granddad to your youngest niece.
2: I'm, I'm trying to think in terms of, like, because phobias... I mean, I have a massive phobia of spiders, which kind of you would say is such a typical girly phobia to have. Like, oh, I'm scared of yeah. spiders, but i genuinely I've had like hypnotherapy for it and it hasn't worked. So um, I actually think it's probably quite even on the phobias front when it comes to fear Actually, no, I'm going to say, I think it's pretty much even, I think maybe there's probably a history there that says that women are more fearful than men. But actually, I think in reality now, it's, e- it's equal. Across the board, we're just fearful of different things.
1: Nigel, would you agree with that? Are, are there? I mean, there's undoubtedly things that men are more scared of than women, but overall, I'm going to put it more
0: provocatively. Yeah. Who's braver? <laughs> well, I'm going to answer it provocatively too. Men, Oh, right? Oh, my God. I feel well, you we're need conditioned and- to run into burning buildings to impress women, aren't we? <laughs> so you're saying
1: there's a biological, the evolutionary chain back in the day when we were out on mm. the savannah. Yeah, there would yeah, have been yeah. more of a motivation for men to, to not be scared of stuff, to acquire female attention than there would be for females not to be scared of stuff. That said... I think one of the most dangerous things you could do through history is not running to a burning building or hunt a gazelle I would say the death rate is highest for giving well, birth I was Nigel to
0: say that. the most oh, dangerous thing you true. could get,
1: get out of a time machine and do would be get pregnant not go into battle <laughs> you could go you could go and fight in one of the most violent wars you could go back in the English Civil War and go hi I'm Nigel mm, can I fight for the round <laughs> what are you doing here mate uh, even though the death rate was very high in some of those battles you'd mm-hmm. still be better off than turning Turning into a woman, getting up the duff,
0: uh,
1: and women would have known that back then. So I, I ask you, Nigel.
0: Oh, good point. Never considered that. <laughs> you know, you, you. I got the topics a half an hour ago. I haven't done done any research. No, so that, no, I'm just <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. It's, it's not something we can easily quantify. It's, it's, mm-hmm. your gut rea- it's your gut reactions I wanted. Do you have any phobias yourself? We're looking for phobias at this stage, not oh. generalized fears of which we'll all be riddled with.
0: Yeah, I think, an actual... I, think my, my, I think my gut's a little bit sexist then <laughs> because that's the first thing that popped into my head. Sorry, <laughs> Ari. Uh, do I have any phobias? I, I don't think so, you know. There's nothing that makes me, yeah, sure, I don't like spiders. When I see it, I'll try to get rid of it. Have but you it got anything, make... anything you can't
1: go near, though? Any total fears, phobias?
0: No, not really. Everything's so, fine. I might find some things gross, but it doesn't make my heart beat fat really fast all of a sudden.
1: So do you know what I, I had hypnotherapy hypnotherapy for Ariel what? public speaking?
2: No, so oh. I was when just I, about to when say I this. started
1: stand up. I no. was nat- naturally not showing off, naturally gifted at stand up, but could not get over the physical symptoms. And we're talking. So I started and within, I think, two or three months, I think I'd lost about half a stone from from vomiting, diarrhoea, passing out, I mean, full... It oh, is one of
2: the biggest, most common phobias in the world. I think after like heights yeah. and drowning, it's like the top, like it's the third like most feared thing. Public speaking and it's and it's a isn't it a chemical in your brain or something. It's like naturally when we get to a certain age, a fear kicks in. If you haven't already got over that, and public speaking is always a bit. I mean, you must get it. People constantly ask me like, how can you stand up in front of an audience and speak like presentations in a workplace alone terrify yeah. people. Never mind having to stand up on a stage and make people like thousands of people laugh. Um, and yeah. so that does not surprise me. I mean it surprises me from you because like to be a comedian you have to not have that fear surely. So like to, but, yeah.
1: But lo- but lots of people are naturally talented at things which cause them difficulty. Otherwise Van Gogh would have died with two ears. <laughs> You know, think of all the things that people are super talented at that they have a fucked up relationship with. I mean, you'll get, and it's not just, let's not bias it towards art, putting ourselves on some pedestal. There'll be policemen that are good at policing that are totally fucked up and hate the act of policing. It seems to be a, I don't think there is, a. just because you're good at something, you're free of the phobia of it. I knew, I knew I was someone that once I added adrenaline, became like super amusing and full of energy, but I knew that before was very painful. And my only guide I had was at work in the marketing agency I worked for doing marketing. So that's someone said to me try stand up, try stand up. I couldn't hold the mic. I walked out of the first couple of attempts without making it to the stage. I was throwing up in a bin. I was telling myself, wow. well this is gonna get better. A year later, it wasn't getting any better. No matter how well I did, no matter what awards I won, it made no difference. It wasn't a lack of confidence. It wasn't like what if it what if they hate me? If only it was that rational. I it was can't believe vis- you
0: stuck with it. It's amazing. It was, a,
1: it was yeah. a visceral, arachnophobia-like fear of public speaking. You know that spider can't poison you, but your bo- you cannot communicate to your body the fear. And most phobias seem to come from sensible places. For example, those who were not scared of spiders back on the African savannah. <laughs> What's the word that's be scared of a spider, Darren? Gone. Darren's dead. <laughs> <laughs> And and the reason public speaking is up there was because back in the day when we were in our tight-knit cave groups, if you managed to alienate the rest of the group and were excluded and they didn't like you, you died wanking in a bush. Game oh, wow. over. And seriously, you didn't mate yeah. and you died alone. I mean, yeah. it's about as bad as it can get. It's, as, it's, not, it's not as bad as being eaten by a lion, but it's it's down there, isn't it?
2: At least you got to skip childbirth, though. Yeah,
1: exactly, Yeah. <laughs> Um, So we've gone gone through um, some phobias. Now, phobias can also be very specific. um, So they can just be one thing. Say something bad happened to you when you were a kid or you saw someone get hit by a car while you were eating some Pringles. You would have like an irrational fear of Pringles, even though you know it's irrational that things can get joined. Best one ever heard. I I don't want to give too much detail because it's not a joke to her but it will be to us, sadly, <laughs> is an irrational, um, we're talking vomiting, heating up, pupil dilating, panic attack, fear of Mick Hucknall.
2: No, why? I
0: swear to Mick you. Hucknell. Mick Hucknall. I have to Google him.
1: Mick oh. Hucknall is, is the lead singer of Simply Red, uh, a band from the 80s and 90s. Maybe you might be attached to uh, young Ariel, uh-huh. just because of her musical knowledge, will of course know who this is. My
2: mum loved Simply Red growing up.
1: And uh, obviously something had happened, but this girl, people would think it was a joke. Oh, yeah, it's like a joke phobia. And then start, you know, trying to wind her up or getting him on the phone and showing the smartphone to her face and her night would be over. I mean, it was it was awful, the thought of, of being near him.
2: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: So there can be, let's, let's, go, let's go through some other specific ones, if you can work these out. Um, I think we've all got this. I, I reckon Nigel might have this one without knowing. Nomophobia.
0: Normophobia.
1: It's a fear of What's being that? without a mobile device or beyond contact.
0: Oh, yeah, I probably I'd Now, I would like that. to
1: flush Nigel's <laughs> smartphone, which is probably like the iPhone that hasn't been released yet in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I've got oh. a beta model of the iPhone 13. I'll have you, Nigel. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> yeah, they stopped production due to coronavirus, but I got one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, what do you, what, I mean, is that something you think
1: you might have, Nigel?
0: It makes me uncomfortable definitely. It doesn't yeah. make my heart beat any faster. It doesn't make me vomit, but I, I, I feel like I'll keep reaching for my for my pocket. You know what I mean? I, I, I've i gone out to dinners before with friends and I'm like, okay, I'll be on my phone too much. So I just left my phone at home and just mm. went out. And the whole okay? night I was just like, oh, conversation like conversation will get to a point and I'll be like, okay, let, let me check my phone. Oh shit, it's not there. You
1: don't know how oh. to go to the toilet. We've forgotten how to go to the toilet without our phones. When yeah, was the man. last time? uh you went to the loo ariel sit down i i now have a sit down wee because i've had a daughter i had to the only way to potty train a female baby is to have a sit down wee in front of her so i've now got addicted to sit down wees. i can relate (laughs) to that
2: i used to ask why i didn't have a stick like my brother i'm like why don't i got a stick i want to pee like
1: him almost impossible to have a sit down wee or more without a phone almost impossible
2: i can't be done what do you do stare at the wall
1: What did they do in the noughties, man? I mean, how did they wee?
2: (laughs) I actually have my Guinness World Records up in my bathroom. So every time I go for a wee, I just sit and look at all the records I've broken. (laughs) Um, No, I'm actually... I am a person who have... I've got really into a good habit of not having my phone with me at all. In fact, it kind of annoys people because I don't really reply to messages a lot. And I won't... I will happily be off my phone. I can put my phone in my bedroom for like five hours and not see it. I just... I've had to take myself away from that scrolling mentality and it's so great. It's wonderful. And I don't care that makes me really uncool in this day and age.
1: No, it's great. It's it's, it's good mental health. One one last one, which seems to me completely viable and logical, uh, which is fear of germs or semen, spermophobia. (laughs) And I hate the fact those two have been lumped together. That's doing nothing. (laughs) Yeah, That's doing nothing for my PR campaign. (laughs) Um, hashtag jizz to the face for the NHS, which was something I was trying to get going. <laughs> Listen, so many other people have done dubious. I'm going makeup free for the NHS. Oh, thanks for that. We that's bought a thousand more ventilators. So we might as well do jizz to the face for the NHS. It's Got about as much. Anyway, was does that, that work? Do people jizz on your face, or do you jizz on other people's face? It's just it's just a bonding thing for couples, which <laughs> I think would help defeat COVID nineteen. Um, sadly, Lindsay didn't believe me and she knocked me downstairs when I suggested it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the fear and the phobia, we've made the distinction. Fear. Let's move on to fear. Do you think, Ariel, Free, that women are more afraid of big life events or smaller things, or is it vice versa? Is it men that are afraid of the bigger life events and girls that are afraid of the smaller things? Because my observation across my social group is men seem to freak out and and be scared of traffic and organization and my car keys and running late but but the but like really lose it at the small things but I wondered if
2: it's funny you say that because I was away camping at the weekend and um kind of there was three of us and one of my friends mentioned that her husband just totally flaps every time they go traveling like their suitcase and their passport and then they they haven't got the right tablets and they haven't packed this and it's all a bit of a like ah just the mess but then they can happily like build an entire house and like you know put in all the electronics and not be fearful of like you know killing any of them I don't know so yeah and then I've my ex used to be a terrible kind of like organizer with small things so like Never got anything done around the house in terms of, like, oh, I need to phone the dishwasher repairman. Um, or, I, and, again, travelling. Like just hated the kind of routine of, whereas I love going to an airport and getting on, like, the train there. And So, yeah, I, like, flapping for small things. I have had experience of men just being a bit, like, pranging out at the smallest things.
1: So what what would you say are the things that scare you or that you fear in in life, because when, I've, when I, if I'm speaking to my female friends or if I'm having a glass of wine, Lindsay's there and the mother-in-law, women tend to answer that question. You might feel a bit reluctant because obviously we're recording this and we're in a, a podcast environment. But my instinct is you have some things you're willing to share, at least whether you you are or not.
2: I've been asked the question before, what's my biggest fear? And I can never answer it. I don't have one big whopping fear in front of me. I suppose I used to live with a total like freelancer anxiety that I was just never gonna get another paycheck, the next job wasn't gonna come along. And that was always the biggest fear at the forefront of my mind. And then I got into a nice comfortable position within my work and then COVID. Are we allowed to swear? No Do you yeah,
1: Yes of yes, course you can Fuck that up
2: the wall I've lost like two thirds of my earnings I'm a DJ I can't go out And like you know So then you, I suddenly realised My main purpose in life Was my work Which I think can is I ask,
1: Can I ask you Ariel Do mm. You come from a very Working class background Like yes. me I come from a council house yes. So I don't think that fear Ever goes away mm. I think you could be earning 10 million a corporate mm. 10, 10 times a week And you'll think Yeah but what if I tweet the wrong thing And everything's taken away And I get sued And I end up with nothing oh, In yeah. a cardboard box Yeah Yet it never stops Stalking you that fear It's a, it's a working class thing That's put into you
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, yeah, that's the thing, like this whole kind of COVID situation really made me reassess that like the whole main purpose of my life was just focusing on my work. And I was suddenly like, well, if I don't have my work, what's my other purpose? You know, I don't, mm. I don't have kids. I'm not married. I'm not like, and I was like, Shh. and I always was like, re- not rebelled against that, but my work, I was like, well, when everyone else wants marriage and kids, that's not really a priority for me. I actually really want to have a nice job and travel the world and be successful in that first and foremost. And mm-hmm. um, so I suppose my biggest fear was always being a failure and not mm. succeeding in the kind of goals that I'd set myself. Um, and I think that's, Probably why I managed to get a job because I just never had an option of giving up because I yeah. didn't know what else to do. Just
1: crossed out the fear box. Failure. No, not no. selecting it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, not, I don't know. So men, not, do men fear failure? Like Nigel. What?
1: Well, let's ask Nigel. What's your biggest fear apart from lack of lack of Wi-Fi or suboptimal <laughs> recording suboptimal recording equipment? Yeah. Uh, well, well. <laughs> if that what was a, a phobia, bird what a bird <laughs> Suboptimophobia, fear of suboptimal oh. recording equipment yes. now what would you
0: what would you say are your your are your fears no i, really, the, I relate the police? to
1: <laughs> the police the police coming yeah <laughs> i know
0: this this neighborhood is going downhill i pay good money to live here to be what fair is... you are,
1: he's nigel just to explain nigel's gone to beirut to blog about the recent in, in, incidents
0: there and he's just recording it from there so apologies <laughs> for the sound <laughs> Uh, I I can relate to what Ari said, you know, fear of failure. That definitely a big thing. And you're like, you know, when the COVID pandemic first hit, you're like, oh, my my, my work is the, the thing that gives me gives me meaning in life. And it's like, yeah, what what else can you get meaning from, right? Family hmm. family is great. A dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> hey.
1: Hey. hey. Sorry. So so do you know, Nigel, that you can inherit fears almost like genetics from your parents? I've so if heard you were brought. This. If, oh, if you're really? brought up with parents that have a certain fear,
0: if that's the case, be- I I'll I, I probably fear being successful. You know, because <laughs> you fear not, being successful. Yeah, because they, it's like they hate success. You know, want failed business after another. You know, I love them with all my heart, but it's like they're like, like the least savvy business people ever.
1: You know. And is there? <laughs> what's your cultural background, Nigel? For our listeners who might be new new to you, where where were you born? Were you born in the UK? Were you no, born abroad?
0: I was born abroad, bo- born in Malaysia. Uh, grew up in a pretty, you know, working middle class family. There's no like one to one mapping there, but I didn't grow up with uh, a lot of means. You know, I I got to come to the UK. I went to the US first un- un- under a scholarship. Uh, my parents would not have been able to afford sending me abroad to study otherwise. So that the working class thing of that fear, yeah, I I, I can feel that. But middle class people fear being cancelled too, you know. You're saying working of class course. people have that fear, of tweeting the wrong thing. Middle class people fear that too. No, right? No, it's
1: it's not being cancelled. Although that is a different fear, which huh? is a new one, a very modern yes. one. But it's not very it's not very relatable, I think, for people who, unless they're in the public eye. But it's definitely li- it listen if you want to know. Every time I put, even put a semicolon in, I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, why are you being racist against colons? I'm like, oh my god, seen, you've added a comma, cancel. Russell Gale. um No, the reason, I, the reason I was asking about the cultural background and how much of it you might have got is, A, fears and phobias can be passed down, but B there is I ba- I don't think it's controversial, there is bags of evidence that the more eastern your background, the more sort of community-focused you are, the less worried you are about pulling out in front of the pack and going, look at me, I'm at the top of the tree. Um, so I wondered if you were less afflicted by that need that Ariel Ar- is uncomfortable, it might be. I will admit it, even if Ariel won't, that we have to go to the front burst through the winner's rope and be on the podium and be as successful as we can be. That's how we are raised in the UK and, and America. Uh. And there is strong evidence that people from East and particularly uh, Chinese and Eastern, Southeast Asian cultures have less of that pressure because it's more community focused.
0: Yes. I would say we have less of that pressure to like be the star, mm-hmm. but we have a pressure to, to have a good job, have a stable, have a good income, you know, because we were brought up in that environment. You know, growing up, uh, all we aspire to be, me and my group of friends that I grew up with, just, we aspire to be white collar worker, white collar professionals, you know? So there's the kind of like pressure to hold down a decent job, provide for your family. So to speak. I
1: mean, we're going slightly off topic, but when I, I'm really into my sociology, which is why I ended up making a, a podcast like this. And in fact, I'd studied it. Um, but one of the most fascinating studies I saw, they showed, they showed children from two different cultures, a group of children running. And one child's out in front, and the other children are running behind and the Chinese and Malaysian Japanese children across the board were like, "What's you know what's happened to the first child? why has he been excluded? why is he being chased? what's he done wrong to get in trouble?" And the British and American kids look at the winner in the front there at the front of the pack, and it was a real teller of the the fears that are sown in early doors in, in western capitalism mm. anyway, that's probably a different show. so tune in yeah. for that one for part yeah. two yeah. What 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 I wanted to ask was why it's definitely harder, not not um gobshites like me and Nigel, but most men it's harder to get them to discuss their fears. Why are men so bad at voicing what scares them and women seem to be so much better at voicing it? What are men scared of about discussing what they fear? Nigel.
0: You're scared of uh, looking weak. I that's think. what it is.
1: It comes down yeah. to a testosterone masculine posturing.
0: Yeah, 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 like it's like discussing any sort of fears or vulnerabilities seen so far as a weakness, right? So we just want to be as like you know, big, invincible as possible. I don't... That's why it's societal, from a societal standpoint, I don't think it's very manly. People don't... Men don't think it's very manly to discuss like feelings, emotions, fears, phobias, that kind of thing. So... Ariel,
1: we could just shrug our shoulders and go, well, that's a shame. But hasn't Nigel got a bit of a point? For all the things my lovely female 2020, 2021 friends say, it's like nonsense, men need to open up and express their feelings. We can't go forward unless men tell us how they feel. What do you look for in a man? Tall. Tall and strong. What the fuck? I mean, yeah. how far have we
2: come? <laughs> no,
0: it's, and it's
2: so true. It's like um, you know when you watch any like Love Island or any of the reality like, TV shows, they're like, what you're looking for in a man? Oh, a tall, dark, handsome. Um, exactly. Yeah, I what you. Know, I, I, I've, it's really struck me recently, especially all of my friends who have like are now in strong marriages. They have children together, and they're quite honest. Like, oh, my husband's having a really hard time. He just doesn't want to talk about it, and I'm like that. This mentality. But I, I don't know. I always, I constantly think about what. How do we help men talk? How can I help a boy talk? I said something about, like, if you're quite anxious about that, why don't you go and speak to a counsellor? Like, loads of my friends speak to a counsellor. And they're like, no, I'd never do that. And it's like, well, there's there's nothing wrong with speaking with a counsellor. But for some reason, this guy thought it was really bad. And is it that thing of, like, looking weak? Is it looking vulnerable? Yeah. Admitting that they've not done everything 100%? They're a failure? or they? Is it admitting that you... It's just... is no, like no, yeah. no
1: little boys up until very recently were raised that way and now we we get it's part of the reason I did this podcast it's not very fa- it's not very fashionable at the moment in fact indeed it gets you in hot water to even dare to go well we're having a few issues as well men because it's taken as a slight on feminism it's not at all mm-hmm. i'm just trying to say there is some issues amongst men which if tended to would actually help women a hell of a freaking lot more yeah. than, ju- than just women, denying that they're there.
0: If, if women start putting on a Tinder profile, so that looking for a man who's very in touch with his emotions, instead of tall, dark, handsome, above six foot, then yeah, yeah. men will evolve. I'm going to start talking for, about emotions all the time. Can can get I'm looking for someone who's, who's five foot
1: eight, likes Nando's and cries during rom-coms. <laughs> yes. I'm going to harvest their pussy, oh
0: yeah, no. You need an app for people like us, Russ. Actually, if, um, if I had a dating profile, I would actually ask
2: for five foot eight, Nando loving, uh, <laughs> man Because I live for the day That I can meet a partner That will happily sit down And watch all of the rom-coms with me It just doesn't, it doesn't work <laughs> I've yet to find it
1: Right I'll stop you there guys That's the end of part one Don't fear Because we'll be back With part two
0: Here's a cool fact